And welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. I'm Nate. And that's not Nate over there. I am not Nate, and I am, to be positive about this, I am Paul. Hey, Paul. How you been? You probably want to ask my wife to make sure, but <laughs> if you ask me, I'd say I'm doing good. Good. Yeah. Well, I got a little tired today, as you know. We're taking care of Phil and Margaret, and... Do you want to say no anything complaints. about that? I don't think No our... complaints. I am so grateful. He's Paul's caretaking, basically full-time now, for his in-laws, who are 96. Six and 95. And Karen and I thought about it. They've run a good race, and we thought, wouldn't it be something if we could help them run their last lap? And so we're doing that, and doing a lot of scripture reading. Today was First Peter. We got through the whole thing, and with oohs and ahs and amens, and read that again. They're listening, and I'm very grateful. We're so thankful that we are having them here. It's hard work though, right? I remember when my mom was taking care of her mom those last few years. It was very tiring and occasionally a little frustrating when you have to remind someone for the 30th time about something or other. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> yeah, they're they're mainly very well dispositioned, but yeah. Phil, every once in a while, and sometimes it's to Naomi, and that hurts her. It doesn't hurt me. She, I, yeah, it's easy. She doesn't quite understand it. He doesn't mean it yeah. or remember it. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad it's going well. That I want to honor you for doing that. That's a that's a thing that these days a lot of folks don't do. They don't even attempt to, you know, take care of their aged parents and such. Um, and sometimes you can't. They just need too much medical sure. attention. You know, my grandma, my other grandma um, had to be in a nursing home. She had a stroke. She needed too much medical care. Um, but it was, it was cool to have my mom's mom in the house for a few mm -hmm. years, you know. My sister got to grow up with grandma in the house, and that was, that was cool. Yeah. So I want to honor you guys for making that choice. Not an easy choice to make because um, that's the kind of job. I, I, I haven't done that job, but I have been a stay-at-home dad. And it's similar in that you're always at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're off, you're still in the house with your job. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, that's a different kind of difficult. Um, so. Well, I want to say thank you to your father-in-law. Mm, Steve, because yeah. uh, Steve Ludio, my good friend, my relative, Karen's brother, younger brother, he comes almost every day. Mm. And so he's a, a, a huge part of this. So. Which he hadn't planned on either. He was retired and had some, some plans for, for things that didn't involve eight hours a day of caretaking. Yeah. And we went to our kids first. Mm -hmm. Smart. We we sat them down and we said, "Hey, we are thinking of doing this, and we want your input." And I'm not quoting, but it's almost like they said, "You have to do it. You have to do it. Of course, of course mm -hmm. you do." So that's cool. They're with us. That's good. Yeah. Because it obviously obviously affects them. Because Karen was full time and a half grandmother. <laughs> yes. You know. 
and by God's good grace, she's still able to do much of that. Good. She'll she'll go. She was going to go today, but she'll probably go on Wednesday. And then we do the dance. Mm -hmm. You know, we we're in and out and. And it's fun for the great-grandkids to be able to see their great-grandparents. Oh, oh. I mean, Andrew's 12 now. He's definitely going to remember his great-grandparents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really neat. I remember one of mine, my great-grandma, and she was in a nursing home. It's about 90. I remember she had these, like, little pink round candies in a dish <laughs> that were, like, from the 1950s. They sort of tasted like chalk, like giant Smarties. I don't have no idea what they're called. Um but she always gave me one of those, and that made me remember it. That's interesting, because Karen has Japanese crackers. Mm. They know where they are. They're up in her room, and you have to sit down on a certain seat, and you have to say something in Japanese. And they'll, she'll give it to them to say, but they have to say that. They know. So it's a ritual in order to get it. And she loves it, of course, yeah. because she is more Japanese than American. Right. And Having so, grown up in Japan, for those who don't know. Yeah. So that's that's delightful for them. They come here, and some of them, they make a beeline for the stairs because they can think of those Japanese crackers. Nice. And, yeah. That's really fun. Well, now that we're caught up on our personal lives. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am. You, though. Oh, I'm going. You're, it's, you're it's back going from well for me. Come on. Back sabbatical. from sabbatical. Sabbatical was good. It was... It was not really what I expected, but but it was good. And you passed. I passed. I think I got a passing grade uh, for my first time in sabbatical. Um, I never had done a sabbatical before. Around the time I would have been due is when God transferred me from the parish ministry I was in to a very small congregation of one person as a stay-at-home dad. Uh, but while I was doing that position, my congregation doubled. So that I had two kids. So, I mean, that's 100% growth. Okay. That is a pretty good, <laughs> I mean, I'm a good pastor. Yeah. But I was able to pull that off. Um, but yeah, things are going well now. The kids are in school and they're actually in school in person, um, which during the pandemic is rare. So we're very thankful mm -hmm. that they get to actually go to school and be with other kids and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the transition has been all right. They've been doing pretty well. It was harder for Bella who missed you know, a lot of the second half of kindergarten. And so for her, it had been a long time since she was in school, so it took a little more adjustment to get her back into the swing of things. Yeah. And I'm learning more and more about her personality now. Um, um, she comes home, how was your day? It's the worst day ever. <laughs> oh my goodness, what happened, sweetie? I couldn't play on the playground. They made us play in the woods. Okay, so because you couldn't play on the playground for recess, it was the worst day ever. Okay, let's talk about managing our emotions yeah. <laughs> and about not letting little things ruin our day. Um, which, you know, at six, you only get so far in that conversation before they stop listening. But, um, you know, as your kids get older, you find things that you can help them with that they can work on. Sure. Because I know a lot of adults that still let tiny things like that ruin their whole day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's sad. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. And so I want to help the kids not do that. But yeah, it's going well. They're home by themselves right now. Sarah's at work at the hospital overnight, mm -hmm. and I'm here. And so this will be the first time that they are in charge of putting themselves to bed. Your 12-year-old could make it off as a 16-year-old very easily. Very. It's, in terms of size, yes. Um, I set alarms to make sure he 
remembered that it's time to go to bed and stuff. He'll get lost in whatever he's doing. We'll see if the six-year-old obeys the 12-year-old. I think the 10-year-old will do fine. The six-year-old may decide that if mom and dad both aren't here, I can run as wild as I want. Sure. So we'll see what happens when I get home. Yeah. But I think it'll be good. Um, now, are, we're about five. We're about five feet here. We're, we're pretty close. We're pretty I, I close. Think, yeah. Considering how much time we spend together, I think we're probably practically within the household of each other at this point. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but it is, there's still weird days. Ooh. Weird days, really difficult Ooh. to navigate. As far as church, we've got, we've still got things we have to decide that we haven't figured out yet. Have mercy, um, God. We're have thankful mercy. for the fall being very mild. We're going to get to continue meeting outside for a little while. Yay! But then we have to figure out what we're going to do um, in our small space um, as far as meeting inside. And so that's where we're at. I don't know where you guys are at when you're listening, where you're listening and watching, but there's some difficult things right now. And it's also an election year. And we're going to have an election very soon, very soon. And you hear about that if you turn on the news. Oh, I don't know if you've noticed it, Paul, uh, but uh, if you read the paper, they mention every once in a while that there are politicians and that there's an election. Even the headlines. Even the headlines, even Facebook, believe it or not. Yeah. If you look at any social media, someone will probably mention something about politics and mm -hmm. an upcoming election. Uh, I hope you're catching my facetious tone. Um, it's gross, in my opinion, out there right now. You can't mm -hmm. step outside without being hit over the face with a two-by-four of politics. And I find it, I'll be polite, unpleasant. I'm not a fan of that. But we're not going to talk about politics today. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about government. And I draw a distinction between the two, and I know you do too. Government being... The body, group, individual, whatever, depending on the circumstance you're talking about, who is in charge of governing, of ruling, of administrating a city, a town, a state, a government of a whole country, maybe, or in the case of Rome, a whole empire, um, versus politics, which is sort of what they do in the back rooms to get done some of the things they want to get done and running for elections and propaganda and all that kind of stuff. We're going to leave that aside for now, um, but talk about government. What is, what is good government? What is the Christian's response to government? How do we relate to that? Do we? What should our involvement be with government? Is there an involvement? Should we opt out? Are we not supposed to have anything to do with any of that earthly stuff? Or are we supposed to have something to do with it? And these are really big issues. Um, fortunately, the New Testament does talk about it a decent amount, mm -hmm. but nowhere near as much as some people would like. Some people, I think, would like there to be a lot more specific stuff about how to relate to government. Um, and, you know, being 2,000 years after the New Testament was written, you know, democracy didn't exist yet in its current form. Um, it was around, but it, it, it wasn't very well known. And so how does our current American democracy, since we are in America, um, relate to how the government was viewed in the Bible. And that, so these are the kind of questions we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. So, Paul, what do you think? My. Government. What I think is that that was a very good introduction. Well, I did list a lot of questions that we want to ask. We yeah. ha I have yet to answer a single yeah. one. But. <laughs> yeah, I think you set us up for uh, a, a good discussion here. And I think we want to discuss back and forth. And if you have questions along the way, please send it to us because mm -hmm. we'll be doing this for several weeks. We can take their questions, couldn't we, Nate? Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, 
there are um, times where we may do follow-ups as well. You know, if mm -hmm. we get a lot of questions on stuff, we can have a whole whole series on answering those kind of things. And so let us know what your questions are. We're going to try to look at what this Bible says about these issues. It's a, as you say, it's a hot topic. And I was shocked when I put out as an addendum to two blogs, I decided, well, I'll just add these six questions that uh, I have had and that I've heard from people. And I answered those questions, put it in a blog, and bang, 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 bang. A hundred responses and you know, 40 shares and lots of comments, of course, in all directions. And that's one of the reasons I think we're doing it, because mm -hmm. it is. It's out there. And well, it's we'd so, like to, it's we'd so like, pertinent right now. Everybody's right thinking now. about this, and yeah. I'm hearing and reading different things, and I'm like, eh, you're quoting a Bible verse? But the Bible verse you're quoting has nothing to do with what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I think this is a wonderful, important, relevant topic that we're looking at, and I'd like to ask and then answer the question, what is our relationship to government? How do we interface with the government on earth? Yeah. With our government. We're American citizens, so how do mm -hmm. we interface with the American government? And uh, first way, and when I say first, that's what Paul said. He said, first of all then, in 1 Timothy, Where are we? First two, Timothy. First Timothy 2, he says, first of all, and what's after that? There are a lot of things that he talks about afterwards. He talks about the importance of elders and deacons and the mm -hmm. end times and how to, uh, how to deal with the elderly and how to be a servant. So there are important topics that he deals with, but then he, he says, first of all, I urge, he's not suggesting, he's He's not indifferent on this one. <laughs> no, no. He's urging, and I'll read that, at supplications, prayers, And this is verse for people who are following And thanksgiving. First Timothy 2, verse 1. So he names different kinds of prayer. Supplications, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving, be made for all men, for kings and all who are in high positions. And then he gives a reason for that. Hmm that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. Government is meant to bring peace. That's not our job. It's not the job of the Christians. It's the job of the government. So government, according to Paul in, first, in Romans 13 and Peter in 1 Peter 2, are servants. They're called servants of God. And so we, as the church, what is our role then? I, I vote. I'm going to vote mm -hmm, me too. next month, and I, I always do. But what I'm called to do as a Christian is to pray. Pray for leaders. Pray for government. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceful life. It's not quiet and peaceful right now. Anything but. It's, it's, yeah. it's about as bad as it's gotten in my lifetime, for sure. 
Yeah, in the '60s, there was a lot of similar stuff, a lot of riots. And I remember that I I lived that was lived before from, my time, but right, I lived uh, 18 miles from Watts and uh, or less, less actually, and so I remember seeing those Watts riots and asking, "Where's the National Guard? Where are the Marines? Get them in here. We need government." We need mm -hmm. them to get in here quick because on television in 62, there were people that were going in, grabbing the TVs and grabbing the yep. stereos Looting and, and uh, taking them off. And it, it was just sad. And now, of course, we're seeing it all across the and country. And a lot of people felt the same way. We were asking the same questions, you know, where is, where is the response? Where's the government? And we don't want to get too political right now because that's not what we're trying to do, but... But it did feel to many that our government was not doing, certainly not doing enough. And by government, I primarily meant state or local government, the people who call out the National Guard. Yeah. Because um, in, in, for those who don't know, in Minneapolis, there was a lot. I mean, they burnt a police precinct to the ground. Um, and so there was, a, there was a lot of stuff going on. And some of that was happening real close to where I used to live. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I know that Starbucks. Sure. Why would why, who would burn a Starbucks? I mean, that yeah. only brings joy. Um, not as much as caribou, but still, but still some. <laughs> and and so things were going nuts, and it felt like the government, who is supposed to protect people, keep people safe, keep That's the right. peace, um, just wasn't around. Yeah. And that felt odd to a lot of the people. A lot of the residents still does to a lot of the residents, and. So to me, that would be an example. And again, I'm not trying to get political here, but to me, that would be an example of a failure of government to do mm -hmm. what we elected them to do, what we expect yeah. them to do. Um, but that's me as an American saying that, right? Um, we need to remember that American, we, we read this book through the lens of American democracy, but this was not written for that. This is different. And... The ways of God and the, the teachings of God about government may not mesh with our idea of American democracy. We assume it will because all people think, all people tend to think that they're right, that their place is the best, and that the people they like are the best people. But that's not always true. Yeah. And so we need to humble ourselves, I think, when we look at the scripture about government, to not assume that we're the best and that we're doing everything right because maybe we're not and the people that they were it doesn't praying. say canvas the neighborhood for your favorite politician and make sure everybody gets out to vote that's not what it says yeah it doesn't say first of all raise money for the guy you or gal that you want to get in and again i'm not saying those things are wrong i'm just saying that's not in here mm -hmm. as what the christian is supposed to do in relationship to government mm -hmm. it says all things related to prayer, supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings. So in four different ways, we are to respond, not physically, but spiritually. These are all spiritual responses, especially for our leaders, it says. And, and if we do that, mm -hmm. and if the church... Then we get the quiet, peaceful then we life. Get, that we and want. so I am suggesting that God is sad, maybe mad, that the church has not done its job 
And so government is not doing its job. And that, that was my question. Do you think the church is doing its job? In regard I look at my own life, passage. and I look at Lydia House, and I say, I wanted us to pray every week for this, but I forget to say it. Hmm. And I'm not thinking about it enough. And I'm not praying about it enough. And I'm calling on you to pray. You are listening. And help me, and I'll help you, so that we can pray, so that we can fulfill this in order that what's supposed to happen can happen again. I agree with you, and I think it's natural human tendency. And by natural, I do not mean good. <laughs> I mean our nature, our human fallen nature, to want to do something physical. I want to do something. I want to do something. Well, most of the time, the Bible's answer to, do you want to do something, is pray. Yeah. Almost always the number one thing. Here, first of all, I urge you, it doesn't get more emphatic than that. First yes. of all, this is the number one most important thing, and he urges us to do it, and he says it four times. Mm -hmm. Very repetitious. He says supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings, like, don't shut up, don't stop talking to God about your leaders, mm -hmm. that things can go well. So, it doesn't get more emphatic than this, but Christians, at least in America, at least people I know, we're bad at prayer. We don't understand that prayer actually is the most powerful thing that we can do. It's the most powerful weapon we have. It's the biggest deal. It is doing something. Prayer yes. is doing something. But yes. people don't think of prayer as doing something. They want to do something and get active. So they get signs and they do whatever. And again, I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm just saying if we're not doing this, we're missing it. We are. If, if we pray and put up signs and talk to people, if we pray and make sure people get out there and vote, if we pray and vote ourselves. Mm -hmm. But if we're not praying, then I, I don't think we're responding to our government the way the Bible tells us to. You're right. Do you agree? Absolutely, I agree. Because Maybe you I, see it more than me. Maybe, maybe I'm just having a rare moment of pessimism. But, <laughs> but when I look around, I don't see a lot of Christians being like, hey, all my friends on Twitter and, or Facebook or whatever, I'm urging us to pray this week for our leaders. I see a lot of different things yeah. and very little of that. Or if there is a prayer, it's extremely one-sided. Mm -hmm. Everybody pray that this person gets elected because if they don't, the world will end, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, Okay, the word prayer was in there, but it was really, really biased and slanted, you know, because this doesn't say, interestingly, this doesn't even say pray that the right person will get in or else. Mm -hmm. This says pray for the people who are in. Yep. Because again, this isn't assuming democracy. This is in, this is to Timothy, who is, you know, within the Roman government. There's an emperor. They don't vote for emperors. That's not how emperors work. Um, and so this is a, very different situation than we're in. And so I guess some people could try to argue we're in a very different situation than Paul was. We have the ability to influence who our leaders actually are. But I don't think that would change what Paul would say. No. No. I think prayer is the number one response that we need to make um, in relation to our government. If things aren't going well, we pray. If some, right, you know, president gets coronavirus, what do you do? You pray. Mm -hmm. You know, if the person you don't like in this election gets coronavirus, you pray for them. Mm -hmm. You know, if the person you don't like gets in 
to your local office or whatever office it is, you pray for them anyway. And I, I, I'm going to make it a little more obvious. A lot of my friends are, tend to lean on the conservative side. Um, in college, I had tons of liberal friends. I just don't have as many anymore, just in my circles. Some, some certainly, but not as many. And so I, I know some Christians who, when George W. Bush was in office, they never shut up about praying for the president. Pray for the president, pray for the president, pray for the president. I, I was invited to meetings upon meetings and breakfasts and dinners and brunches and afternoon teas and you name it about praying for the president, praying for the government. Um, when President Obama came in office, I did not hear much hmm. from the same group of people. Sad. And, to, and I was not surprised, sadly, uh, but it was very telling to me. And when they would pray, it would always be prayers of God change this person. And again, very telling, right? And when I look at this, I, I see a lack of that in what Paul is saying. Yes. And I, I, I wanted to say to those people, you know, it doesn't matter what lady or man is in the office. We are called to pray for them and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And, and like you say, the result of that is what we all want. Yeah. We all want a quiet and peaceable life in mm -hmm. all godliness and holiness. So, and Paul was talking in a time where living peacefully as a Christian wasn't a given. Mm -hmm. there, was, there was a lot of persecution. People were getting beaten. Paul was beaten very near here. And so he knew what it meant to lead a peaceable, quiet life. And he's saying, if you want the government to stop messing with you, pray for your governors. Yeah. If you want the government to stop oppressing you, pray for them. So for us today, if you want the government to let us have as many people in church as we want and not wear masks or all the other restrictions that are going on, if that's what we want, what should we do? What should our response be? I think it's obvious. We need to pray. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving. I'm not saying it's wrong to do other things, um, but that's what we need to do first and foremost. Shall we go on to number two? or do we? I think we should do number two next week. I think we should okay. stop here for now. That's a good stopping point. Okay. Is there I anything you should, wanted to add? I think we should pray. Let's do that. Let's pray. Yeah. Go ahead. Father, first of all, we'll say that we have not obeyed this very well. Mm -hmm. Your people have not obeyed this mandate. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. He urges it. And I am very sorry that I, as a pastor, have not taken it seriously enough to see that we do it every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I am very sorry because I wanted to. In fact, I preached that, and I failed to walk it out. I'm sorry for my brothers and sisters that have uh, taken up causes without taking up prayer. And so I pray that you would move in our midst among your people and bring us to our knees in this matter that we will pray for whoever the mayor, whoever is mm -hmm. the governor, whoever is the president, whoever is our congresswoman or congressman, that we will pray for them. Mm -hmm and that we could see the results that you promised, that we would lead 
a quiet and peaceable life. We're not there yet, and we're very sorry. And we pray uh, against the rioting, the looting, the destruction. We've never seen anything like it. Have mercy on us and bring your people to their knees so that things will change. For Jesus' sake, for him upon whom the government will one day rest, it will be upon his shoulders and not on anyone else's. In his name we pray, amen. amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.